Welcome to the Storytelling with Data podcast, where listeners around the world learn to be better storytellers and presenters. We'll cover a wide range of topics that will help you effectively show and tell your data stories. So get ready to separate yourself from the mess of 3D exploding pie charts and deliver knockout presentations. And with that, here's Cole. Hi, this is Cole. Thanks for tuning in to the Storytelling with Data podcast. It's my oldest son, Avery's first year in middle school. I can tell that changing classes and physically moving to different spaces throughout the day is good for him. He's also finding interest in some areas that I wouldn't have anticipated. Devouring the real novels they're reading in English class. It's just real because for me, this is a welcome relief from his fascination with graphic novels, the ones that look like comic strips. Drama is the other surprise. One of the first projects was to develop a character. He had an incredibly fun time with this, determining personality with strengths and flaws, deciding what the character looked like and wore, what accessories they carried. More recently, he's been learning a monologue, and he is really getting into this. My husband, Randy, who spent time in high school in the theater, I always poke fun at him for how he says that, has been helping him. I was watching this mentoring take place on a recent evening. Avery would deliver and Randy would provide his feedback and then Avery would run through it again. After one of the iterations, Randy said, you know this, become the character, put the paper down, stand up. Something about those words made it true. Avery stood up and suddenly he was the boy whose dog actually ate his homework, convincing his invisible teacher. It's one of those suggestions given to Avery that I want to focus on today. Stand up. This action isn't only beneficial when you want to take on a different persona, which is something we will talk more about because there's interesting utility in that when we need to communicate in a business setting. But there's power in standing up that we can make use of in other ways as well. I'm going to share three broad scenarios in which you can reap tangible benefits from standing up to bolster creativity, to increase concision, or said another way, to keep things from being overly lengthy, and finally, to present. Let's jump in and talk first about how standing up can boost your creativity. When you are in a situation where you need to see something in a new light, approach it in a different way, or otherwise infuse creativity into the process, stand up. Move to a different spot than where you typically work. Doesn't even need to be another room for this tactic to have positive impact. For example, I work at a tall black desk that's stationed in the center of my office. Most of the time, I sit at a stool behind my computer on one side of it. When I need inspiration, I'll stand up and walk around to the other side of the desk. Now, this is the side that I encounter first when I walk into my office, so it tends to become a holding ground for stacks of books, papers, and other miscellaneous things. So I start by clearing any of that out of the way. Then I'm faced with a clean black surface. If I'm brainstorming, I'll get a stack of sticky notes or a piece of blank paper. If I need to sketch an idea, I'll use blank paper or get out a larger scale notebook and I remain standing as I work. There's something about changing things up in these subtle ways, facing the room from a different direction, and standing while I work that gives me a fresh perspective. 
It allows me to generate ideas more freely and to let go of many of the constraints that I tend to hold myself to. Once I've gotten what I need from this process, I move back around to my work side of the desk to realize my ideas. I often stay in my office because I like having all of my supplies close by, but you can imagine how you could also do this by moving to another room, remaining standing while you brainstorm on a whiteboard or at a colleague's desk. Speaking of colleagues, creating a situation in which you both are standing can be useful in a few different ways as well. If we continue with the brainstorming example, you can imagine where multiple people standing, adding ideas to a shared whiteboard or piece of paper and discussing, can get everyone equally involved and contributing to the process. Standing can also be a great way for soliciting and obtaining certain kinds of feedback. You might suggest going for a walk with the person you seek input from. This can be great for getting big picture, directional feedback. You won't get bogged down in the details of a slide or graph, for example, because asking for feedback in this way forces you to summarize the details verbally. And as a result, you'll likely focus on the most critical parts. Also, if there's something that's difficult for you or the person with whom you're speaking, sometimes that can be easier when you don't feel like you have to look at each other. When you're walking, it's acceptable to be looking forward or down and generally to have less direct eye contact than you would feel compelled to in a more typical meeting environment. Because of this, pauses in conversation can also be more comfortable. This can allow both you and the person with whom you're speaking to be more thoughtful before talking. This can be particularly useful for difficult conversations. On the topic of difficulties, when you're feeling stuck on a project or other work, this is another great point to stand up. Stretch. Go get a drink or a snack. Do something to get physical and temporal space from the challenge. Go for a walk. Let some time pass. Have you ever been in the middle of something difficult or tricky and then found that a solution or great idea struck you when you were doing something totally different when you least expected it? That's your subconscious at work. And you can intentionally create circumstances that are conducive to this magic. Actually, wrote more about this idea in a recent blog post, which I'll link to in the show notes. Let's shift to a fully different reason to stand, because you want to be, or have others be, concise. Standing can force concision in some interesting and useful ways. That's typically the premise behind standing meetings, to keep them short. I think these are common for teams that need to be on the same page at a regular cadence. Uh, sales teams, for example, or in my prior life in banking, when we were doing due diligence to assess an acquisition and needed to assess things and come to a decision in a short amount of time, sometimes a matter of days, the project team would start each day with a stand-up sync which forced people to focus only on the critical things so that everyone could quickly get back to their work. You can make use of this idea to encourage individuals to be brief, even in cases where people are typically seated. For example, at a team meeting, you might ask individuals to stand when they give their respective updates. Or in a mixed group where you need people to introduce themselves, 
We encounter this sometimes at smaller, longer workshops where there aren't so many people. So you want everyone to get to know each other because they're going to need to be working together for a day or more. But at the same time, you don't want to spend a ton of time on it. There is nothing worse than person after person sharing every detail about their job when a one or two sentence summary would suffice. To prompt pithiness, have people stand up when they introduce themselves. You can help this along even more if you're the one facilitating or guiding the group by letting the first one or two people know that you're going to go to them first and you want them to keep it brief so that they act as a model for others to follow. Or if you know the group, be thoughtful about who you have kicked that process off or start with your own super brief introduction. Another place I'll encourage standing during workshops is when people are giving each other feedback. And I don't know the psychology behind it, but observationally, it seems to promote a more even dialogue back and forth between people versus one person controlling the conversation, which it seems like happens more often when the pair or the group is seated. Maybe there's something to the physical change in space and shift in perspective that we talked about in the context of creativity boost. I'm not sure, but I've seen enough that now I encourage people to stand up and move to a different part of the room during partner feedback. It sounds funny, but standing up and talking through ideas allowed by yourself can be useful as well. This is something I talked through in depth in episode six of the podcast, Say It Out Loud, as well as in chapter nine of my latest book, Storytelling With You. I'll link to both of those in the show notes. I'll highlight the benefit that's relevant to our current topic here, and that is to help achieve concision. Stand up, say your point, or talk through your communication out loud, like Avery in my intro story, without the aid of a script data, or your presentation. Simply speak and listen to yourself. Do it a few times, refining and improving each time. The way you ultimately communicate to others on this topic will be better as a result of this exercise. That brings me to my top reason to stand up, to communicate. Before I talk about that, let's take a super quick break. Would you enjoy having a member of the Storytelling with Data team guide you to become a masterful data storyteller? Sign up for our eight-week online course. You'll benefit from weekly interactive lectures, multimedia learning, and office hours. And with lectures based in the U.S. and U.K., we'll have office hours suitable for people around the world. Each student will conceive their own data-driven project to work on throughout the course, putting lessons immediately into practice to plan, create, and deliver an effective data story. We have cohorts beginning in January and September of 2024. Registration details can be found at storytellingwithdata.com slash course. Use the code PODCAST10, that's PODCAST10, to receive 10% off the registration price. For those wanting to learn in shorter form, you can view our full 2024 public workshop schedule at storytellingwithdata.com slash workshops. We hope to see you at a course or workshop in 2024. Welcome back. I recently recorded a video highlighting one of the top tips that has had a positive impact on my career and which I recommend for anyone who'd like to improve how they present. And that is to stand up. I'll share a clip of audio from that recording that details the benefits of standing up for better communication. 
Let me put that into context with a story. So we have to imagine ourselves back in time. This is when I was working at Google and I had developed and was starting to teach a two-hour course on data visualization. Now, I developed this originally for part of a training program that we were rolling out, but then we started to get interest in it more broadly. And so had decided that we were going to roll it out across the company, which meant I was going to have the opportunity to travel to offices around the world and teach Googlers how to visualize data. So as part of this, I had the opportunity to attend a train the trainer program. This was run internally at Google. It was over the course of a few weeks, uh, part time on top of my day job where we learned about things like adult learners and the nuances of trying to teach adults. And we recorded ourselves and used that to refine how we presented and facilitated. Basically, did a lot of things to learn how to teach. And at the end of that, one of the facilitators of that program sat in one of my classes, observed me and offered feedback. And I can still remember the setting. It was your typical conference room setup, large rectangular table in the middle. I was seated on one end of the table with my laptop in front of me, which I was using to drive the slides. The slides were projected on a screen on the opposite end of the table. And there were about a dozen or so people seated on either side. I went through my training, felt like I was doing a pretty good job, and we get done. And Neve was the facilitator who was there offering feedback. And she turned to me and she said, that was great, but I feel a bit like I've been watching a tennis match because I knew my attention needed to be on the slides. You were showing things that I needed to pay attention to, but you at the other end of that table were so animated that I couldn't help but look at you. And what this created was tension where the entire time she's going back and forth and back and forth. And what Neve said to me, two simple words, stand up, move to the front of the room. And those two simple words forever changed the way I present. If I think of the career advice I have received over time, I think those two words had both the biggest immediate and lasting impact because a couple of things happened when I did that. So first off, when I was standing up with my slides, it meant no longer were we working against each other. We weren't competing for attention or clashing. Rather, we were working in coordination, in concert. Second, and this is something I in no way anticipated, but there was something about just the physical motion of standing up that allowed me to take on a different persona, where no longer was I introvert Cole behind my laptop standing up, I was now the persona of presenting Cole. 
And I was able to project this confidence that I eventually, through time and practice, grew into and believed. I hope you enjoyed that clip highlighting the benefits of standing up to communicate. If you'd like to hear more about building confidence for standing up to present and related questions and answers, I encourage you to check out the full video on the Storytelling with Data YouTube channel. I'll link to that in the show notes. I'll leave you with the simple advice you've heard throughout today's session. Stand up. Standing can help you get a creativity boost, foster concision, and present more effectively. Before I wrap, a couple of quick updates. As you heard earlier, we have set our 2024 calendar, which includes an eight-week online course, the first cohort beginning in January, shorter virtual workshops that will teach you to make stellar slides and great graphs, and our in-person masterclass in London in April and Seattle in September. Learn more and register at storytellingwithdata.com slash workshops. Use the code podcast10, that's podcast10, at registration for 10% off the registration price. We have an exciting new perk for premium members in our Storytelling with Data community. Access to all solutions in the exercise bank. This means many hundreds of example approaches, including those from the Storytelling with Data team. Learn more about the many perks of premium and go premium today at community.storytellingwithdata.com slash premium. We're down to our final few mugs, coasters, and posters in the Storytelling with Data shop. These make great gifts for the data-driven in your life. Act fast if you'd like to receive yours before the holidays. Storytellingwithdata.com slash shop. If you were sad to miss the mini workshop we ran in October or want to rewatch or share, you can find the recording at storytellingwithdata.com slash good to great. More generally, check out all of the great content on our YouTube channel at storytellingwithdata.com slash YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to never miss a new video. Speaking of subscribing, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks very much for listening.